Welcome to tonight's episode of the Remso Martinez Experience. Before we get started, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to some of this episode's sponsors. From self-publishing to podcasting and passive income development, I offer ongoing self-development courses at Champion Pundit Academy, as well as one-on-one private consultations to take you from zero to hero in no time. Learn more at championpunditacademy.com. That's championpunditacademy.com. You want to know what you need more of in your life? Politics. Yeah, nobody ever said that. But if you've got to go ahead and spend money on one nonfiction book, it's got to be the ultimate clash of wisdom, awesomeness, and then obviously the politics. But why not a little bit of comedy? Why not a little bit of a memoir? Why not something that's going to make you say, hey, I actually enjoyed reading this. I laughed. I learned something in the process. Check out my book. It's an Amazon bestseller. You may have heard of it. It's Stay Away from the Libertarians. It talks about all the things you think you might know about libertarians, plus a lot of things that I bet dollars to donuts you don't know about. You can get it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble online. So go on right now. You can get it in print or ebook or Kindle or whatever you call it. Just go out and get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble online today. It's Stay Away from the Libertarians by Remso W. Martinez. Happens to be me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the home where the improbable is likely probable. I'm your host, as always, Remso W. Martinez. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Remso Martinez Experience. Go ahead and do me a favor. Follow me on Twitter at Remso4VA. That's four written out. So Remso, F-O-R-V-A. Remso for VA. Follow me. I'll follow you back. And uh, hey, do me a favor. I'm on Vero, where I go ahead and uh, upload... You know, things that have nothing to do with any of the other stupid stuff you see on social media. I do a lot of uh, book and movie reviews. And every once in a while, uh, Ryan from The Witching Hour and I will go ahead and post up exclusive clips from all of our projects and stuff. It's a social media app that's trying to make people social again. Not very political. It's social media. Just talking about the things you enjoy. Music, books, movies. Go ahead and download it on your Android or Apple device today. It's Vero, V-E-R-O. Go ahead and find it at the App Store, and you can just follow me there at Remsa Martinez. Anyway, folks, we've got a good friend of the show, Dan Smots, on today, and we're going to be talking about a new project he's working on. He's jumping into a topic which I actually really like to talk about. Not that I have a firm stance on it, but because I love to see how people react when you do say, well, you know, I'm kind of skeptical about this thing here and that thing there. Um, I, I love seeing the visceral reactions of, oh, what the hell is wrong with you? So we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, his project and what you can do to get involved. We'll have more information about that at the end of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Smots from The System is Down. Dan, so you've jumped into the documentary Looking Glass. Good for you. I I have dipped my toe slightly and made the preparations and begun the exploration. But yes, yes, that, that is the plan. So your upcoming film, t- t- tell me, what's it called again? It's called The Moon, The Myth, The Legend, Lunar <laughs> Lore for Humble Dummies. <laughs> And that's exactly the, the, the response that I'm looking for. Like I'm looking to take a really human and humorous approach to this subject. 
And, and the whole thing's about the moon landing. So of, of all the things you could have really jumped into, why, why did this kind of pique your interest to make you go, huh, I think I can go ahead and make another film on top of the other films that have been done before? Because this is far right. from a topic that hasn't been rehashed, uh, you know, time and time again. What, what are you looking to add to the conversation? Sure. Well, basically, I mean, the main thing I'm looking to add to the conversation. Okay, so I started out just, just kind of like, you know, all these other documentaries. I've watched tons and tons of documentaries on this topic. I've I've done a, a bunch of research, and there was still a lot that I had I didn't know before I set out on this journey to make my own film. But what I, even in the little bit that I knew, what I noticed missing from this type of documentary is none of them are really that fun to watch. Like none of them really make you go. They, they don't hook you in unless you're like already a conspiracy minded individual who wants to find out all the specific details. It's like the difference between going to uh, like a college lecture or going to, I don't know, a, a stand up comedy show. I, I guess that that might be giving it a little bit too much credit, but I want to make it something something fun that grabs a new audience. I also have noticed that as I get into it, it's I'm finding it really surprising how many people in the world uh, or how just how little your your lay person, the person that you pass on the street, even knows about the official story uh, around the moon landing, much less the conspiracy theories. All all they want to talk about is, um, you know, we went good job America, and uh, if you say otherwise, then you're a crazy conspiracy theorist, whether whether they look into it or not. And, and the thing that I find really weird isn't necessarily, and I'm I'm kind of indifferent towards it because I think there's enough evidence out there to make me reasonably doubt whether or not the official count of the moon landing was real. But what I really think is more telling is the cult around it. And by that, I mean, not necessarily the conspiracy type of crowd that jumps the moon landing story, but the idea that you can't question it or else you're committing some type of mortal sin. I've mentioned things to people like, um, you know, one of the theories I think has a lot more credibility to is the fact that Stanley Kubrick, who was well known for doing the film uh, 2000 Space Odyssey, there's a theory there's out, yeah, there's a theory out there that he actually directed the moon landing. The other thing that mm-hmm. kind of freaks me out is the fact that you look at the footprints that are on the tread of the boots of the astronaut suits. They don't match the prints that were left on the moon. The fact that there's no crater on the moon lander is also really weird. There's no crater underneath it. And mm-hmm. the flag, like the flag should not be waving and moving around as much as it should be in zero gravity. So there were just sure. some basic things where it's like, this is really strange. And and honestly, like I, I haven't done much of my research on this, but how is it we, we were able to live stream that whole thing, including scenes <laughs> from the NASA mission command in Houston Back in the sixties, yeah. So we're nineteen sixty nine. Yeah. So with we're, so we no were able, technology. Yeah, we were able to live stream everything from the moon and Mission Command into the from living the room. moon. And I've got a yeah. I've got a poor connection on this Skype call right now. It's letting me know, but they they did it from the moon in the nineteen sixties. Come on. Yeah. So <laughs> w- when you kind of deal with you know the the adversity towards going for you know this whole approach, what what type of feedback are you getting from people? 
I'm getting a lot of uh, why, why feedback. Uh, and that's the initial thing. Like most people just kind of think this is kind of a joke conspiracy because it's kind of a lighthearted one. Like it's one that is a good thing. It Like you hear about all these other conspiracies of people uh, – you know, like things with like the Illuminati or different uh, like 9-11 and stuff like that. Those are bad conspiracies. This is a good one where we conspired to pull off this fake thing um, that made us look really good. So it's one that uh, people like to believe. It's really hard to get people to change their mind on it. But if you start looking into it, there's a lot of really strange and shadiness around it. And like like I said, the main the – main, I don't know, response that I've gotten from people that I've told about it is, why would you do that? It's like, well, what do you know about the moon landing? And it 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 very quickly becomes apparent that they know absolutely nothing. They don't even know how many people have walked on the moon, how many different countries have walked on the moon. Like, we all just assume these different things have happened, that uh, technologies had quickly advanced over the years. And of course, other countries have put men on the moon, right? Of course they have. It wasn't just America under the Nixon administration in the span of four years. And never again. Like it, it, it just. I, I always feel like the government gets the benefit of the doubt when it comes to these things. But if we ever look at who has the biggest history of lying to us, it's usually the federal government. I mean, especially when we look at the Cold War, and I, I consider myself kind of an amateur Cold War scholar. Like one of the mm-hmm. reasons why we beat the Russians was because we were able to, you know, outspend them in the game of chicken when it came to nuclear military arms. And part of that was because of a bluff, because Reagan went ahead and said he was building this giant Death Star program, which would be able to basically blow up all of Russia. And that whole thing was fake, and everyone inside the Reagan administration knew it was fake. And, I mean, there are other examples, but I I feel like it is patriotic in a sense to question authority. And when we see things that don't make sense, it it should not be so adverse to simply question things. Because if you don't have anything to hide, you shouldn't be afraid of people questioning it because then all you're doing is you're, you know, you're instilling knowledge, you're advancing knowledge. So my my question is this: when, Is this kind of like a recent thing for you? And I, I don't even know your official stance. Do you believe that the whole thing was you know concocted to beat the Russians, or do you think we actually went there and you're just taking a different look at it? Uh, well, the thing is, I'm I'm trying to bring back the documentary approach, the un the as unbiased as possible approach to documentary filmmaking. I'm trying to look at it from both sides and show why people say that we didn't go and. Uh, you know how that could be disputed and leave it up to the the people to decide. But as I dig into this, it's getting really really hard <laughs> to stick with, to to go along with the official story. Um, like I had no idea. I, I was uh, I was kind of into this theory, but I hadn't really done a deep dive into it. The more I dive into it, the more it's like I it's so mind numbingly painfully obvious almost that we didn't go. Uh, there's so many things stacked against the idea of us going that, uh, uh, the documentary is kind of like just my journey and exploration of finding out these things. And I'm not going to say that I'm completely unbiased cause I'm a human. Obviously I have an opinion, but I'm going to try and give the benefit of the doubt to both sides and more than just exploring, you know, whether or not we went to the moon, I want to explore, like you said at the beginning, why, like the cultural phenomenon of why people have such a visceral reaction to this this idea or questioning uh, the mainstream public narratives on this type of thing because 
why would this be a problem? Why can't we talk about this? If there's any shred of evidence at all to prove that somebody is lying, then why would you just immediately shut it down like people do? Like uh, Kyrie, I think it was Kyrie Irving. I don't know sports, but uh, sports NBA guy comes out and says the moon landing is fake. And they're like, you should be ashamed. You should be embarrassed. Your family should be embarrassed. Everybody should be embarrassed. It's like, just because he said, I, we might not have gone to the moon. They compare it to like denying the Holocaust or denying slavery happened, stuff like that. They act like it's just this big, uh, this big terrible atrocity to our country for somebody to question a thing. So my, my, I guess kind of my objective is to show, not to say necessarily we didn't go to the moon, but it's to say these people aren't fucking retarded just because they think that we didn't go to the moon. Yeah, like Roman Polanski raped a chicken – and Woody Allen raped his own children, except you never see any outrage over them. But anyone talks right. about something remotely like this and it – People's brains explode. Yeah, and I mean I, I've always I've always questioned our own history because when we look at what's actually in the textbooks, especially what's taught in our public schools, like it's almost always wrong. And this is right. why I, I actually advocate against teaching social studies and I advocate for teaching U.S. history by looking at the physical documents from the era and actually going and you know conducting your own research because social studies as a, as a curriculum program has always been to discuss history from a certain point of view discussing a certain narrative whether it was right. the civil war or the american revolution or the arms race or civil rights or the uh, post war and terror era it's always taught from a certain point of view to give a certain narrative which is either anti-american or it's anti something it's just never true it's always it's, it's always a good guy and a bad guy it's not just humans trying to figure out shit together yeah and i mean the thing that you know that bugged me as like a kid and this is like when i was like nine ten years old when i'm not even thinking anything you know politically related when it comes to this stuff but like the thing that bothered me the most was that i learned very early on that columbus did not discover america right but that's just kind of glossed over. <laughs> yeah, like that that's the thing. Like he was like the last person. He was the person that found it and talked about it. But mm -hmm. what we know now is that all these other people found it. The freaking Chinese found it, the Norwegians found it. Like everybody found isn't it. Isn't isn't America isn't the name derived from Amerigo Vespucci finding it? It, it was well, Amerigo Vespucci was the map maker. Okay. So yeah. he was the master. He was here before Columbus, right? He just around that time. Like very sure. shortly. Like he actually went and he na like he he worked with a team of people that were commissioned to actually map out uh North America going all the way through what is modern day Canada as well, and I think a little bit of Central America, but like everyone accomplished more in terms of the discovery of America but Columbus. But mm -hmm. we stick Columbus on this giant ass pedestal, which he is not qualified to stand on. But we still teach it. And that bothers yep. the living hell out of me. So when we know that, I don't understand why people are like, oh, we can't question anything else. This was a, this was a fabrication in the Matrix. This was a glitch in the right. programming. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, the fact that people are so outraged about the moon landing. Uh, 
I mean, there are those that are, they're outraged because you bring it back up. And most of the people just see this as a joke topic. Like there's zero validity to it. Like if you believe that there might be something shady around it, then you're, you know, an Alex Jones type kook who's, you know, screaming and ranting about conspiracy theories. Like you don't even have to be a conspiracy minded individual to look at some of this stuff and go, uh, yeah, that doesn't add up at all. <laughs> like I, I actually, uh, took my mom to lunch for her birthday the other day and she, uh, she listens to my show, uh, but oh, we, we don't talk. I hope she doesn't listen yeah. to would you rather Wednesday? <laughs> oh no. She, she actually asked at one point, uh, if, if I minded, if she supported the show to listen to the bonus content, and I was oh, like, dear God. Um, you don't want, you don't want to do that. You, you just don't, you don't want to keep your money. I mean, I appreciate it. I we love have you thrown too, your mother your into some dangerous pseudo situations, everybody. everybody, but your mother's been in it more than once. Sure. I feel like in those discussions, they're all hypothetical mothers and spouses and things because it's a, it's would you rather, but oh, you're trying anyway, to cover yourself right now. Please continue. <laughs> no, I, I took my mom to lunch for her birthday and, uh, um, I, I told her, I was like, you know, I'm working on this, this movie and everything. And she was like, what does that even mean? You're making a documentary about the moon landing. What are you talking about? I was like, do you believe we went to the moon? She's like, of course. And I was like, <laughs> it was like five minutes later. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like I, by the end of the conversation, my mom was convinced that uh, she was taught something wrong as a child and that we didn't go to the moon. There is plenty of evidence to this thing that to make a person who doesn't dig into conspiracies, doesn't spend all their days watching YouTube videos or whatever, there's plenty of evidence to make a normal person at least scratch your head and go, wait, that makes no sense at all. And we, we could get into some of the specifics if you want. Yeah, I'd like to actually discuss some of the actual you know, main main theories about it because you, mm-hmm. usually when people even want to learn a little bit about this this kind of frame of thought, it's usually just we faked it. But there are a whole bunch of different ways that people say that it it did or did not happen. And the main one that I've sure. always kind of you know jumped on is the Stanley Kubrick one because if you yeah. look at uh, 2000 Space Odyssey. Like there's a lot of similarities in terms of filming and angles and everything else to what we right. see in the actual broadcast of the moon landing. And one of the biggest things that I've, you know, kind of read about this that kind of make me lean on that theory is that when you look at the chest mounted cameras that the astronauts were using, there was yeah. no way that they could get those clear reflectionless shots looking down from their helmets. Like there's just no mm-hmm. physical way you could do it. And I, I live next to the um, Udvar-Hazy uh, Air, Air, National Aerospace Museum annex in Dulles, Virginia. So you got the main aerospace museum in D.C. I live next to the annex in Dulles. And they have um, uh, John Glenn's spacesuit there and a couple other spacesuits. And you look at where the chest rigs and everything were for the cameras and everything else. And one, you're – there, there's no, there's no way they could. It's like the Batman costume. You can't look down. There's right. just no way you could do that. There's no way on earth you could look down onto the focus for that camera and take those perfect photos. Sure. Yeah, that's. I mean, it, there's tons of stuff, and that's actually one that I haven't heard too many people talk about. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things. Like, there's been. Uh, Several 
like top name photographers and stuff. Like if you want to take this outside of science, outside of conspiracy, outside of all those things, you can just look at like the 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 photos like you're talking about uh the the film that they used at the time and I I think even film that you use now and and to be fair up front like this is still a process I I don't have all the information that it, I'm still gathering I'm still in research and development stage which is so why you're going to have to see the movie folks that's right so uh I, I if I'm wrong on any of my facts I apologize but uh uh, the the film that they were using, if you take that through an X-ray machine or any sort of radiation, uh, it would have been destroyed or degraded. And uh, do you know what – Rums, are you familiar with the Van Allen radiation belt? Yeah, that's what you get as you're traveling between um, our atmosphere and outer space, right? Right. They are two giant bands of radiation that uh, uh, are surrounding the planet um, – Horizontally, I suppose you could say. I mean, it's hard to say horizontally if you're outside of, a, of the Earth, but <laughs> around the center, uh, two bands of radiation uh, leading up to this, you know, the Apollo missions. Everybody always said, you know, it's going to be near to impossible f- to figure out a way to get man through these very dangerous belts of radiation. So, years and years and years of saying that. And then when it comes time to do it, um, we don't talk about the Van Allen radiation belts for a nice four-year window. And then right after, they're dangerous again. And uh, a lot of the astronauts just scratch their heads and say, oh, we don't know how we got through those. We, I, like, there's a man named uh, Bart Sebrel. He's the guy, if you've seen the video where uh, – um, what's his name? Um, drawn a blank. Other guy on the first mission. <laughs> Armstrong. Uh, Punt. Other guy. Aldrin? <laughs> yes, Buzz Aldrin punches the guy in the face. That's Bart uh, Bart Sebrel. He's a documentarian who was going around interviewing the different astronauts. Bart Sebrel, in one of his films, he he's interviewing one of the astronauts, one of the 12 people to walk on the moon. He asks him, so how did you guys deal with the Van Allen radiation belts? And this guy, one of 12 people in all of humanity that have supposedly walked on the moon, said, I don't think that we are far enough out to uh to encounter the van allen radiation belts and bart says well they're uh, you know thousand miles out and he's like oh yeah then we definitely we must have just went straight through them we didn't even notice didn't even like they act like we didn't even think about that it's just like you know we forgot we forgot to think about that when we uh when we came up with our story it's very like there's a million things like that that are just very strange so ask me how i knew about that because here's the really weird part. How did I know what the Van Allen radiation belt was? Hmm. How'd you know? Because Ramzo, what the Van Allen in, radiation belts were <laughs> in the issue one of the Fantastic Four that was released in 1963. <laughs> that is how the Fantastic Four gets their powers. Nice. They go nice. through that. They go through that. You know, um, area. They go through that area of you know, of our atmosphere where they're hitting all that radiation, the solar flare or something, you know, mm-hmm. interferes with the whole thing. And that entire section of space messes with their DNA and that's how they get their powers. Right. So this was something that was both <laughs> knowledge of amongst the general public and even in yeah. the realm of science fiction, we were like, bad stuff can happen. It was down into pop culture. Like it was a thing. And, uh, well, people say, you know, maybe it's just what they were using, the the space technology. But 
they were using the lightest weight material that they possibly could. Like these were thin sheets of aluminum that they were flying through heavy radiation. And I'm not a rocket scientist, but it seems wrong. And the fact that uh, you can you can find videos now today of NASA talking about their current space uh, exploration planning, and they're they're literally talking about uh, in dramatic ways we got to get man through these uh, dangerous radiation belts, and we don't we don't know how to do it. Like they say now, we don't know how to do it. They don't have the technology anymore that they had in the 1960s. Yeah, and that, that's the weird thing. And you look at the the moon lander. Like if anyone has ever actually walked up to that thing at a museum and seen it, you can't tell me for a second you look at the at the floor of the inside of it and think, yeah, that thing is making it through space travel. Right. The whole thing yeah. is just riddled with inaccuracies and things that don't mm-hmm. add up. Yeah, the the story in general, like most people don't have any clue what the the actual the official story even is. Like they don't know about the Cold War, the space race. We just assume that the space race was, oh, we're trying to get there first and we got there first. Good job. Uh, the space race was pretty well just propaganda that we created. Uh, Russia, they put a man into space into orbit first, Yuri, uh, Yuri Gagarin. Gagarin. Yeah. Um, and they put up Sputnik, the first satellite before us. We put out Apollo 1. It burned up on the launch pad and three people died. Like we were we were bottom nosing really quickly in this quote unquote space race. And then uh, Russia's head guy dies and they kind of pull back because everything starts failing. They have some failed launches and they had, I think, three in a row where people I don't know if people died, but they had three in a row that failed. And so they were pretty well out of the space race pretty early on. And then we're like, well, Kennedy said by, you know, within 10 years, we're going to get there, blah, blah, blah. We choose to go to the moon, all that. Uh, so it was kind of like we had all this propaganda out there. Uh, also, Disney and everybody was saying, you know, this is what it's going to look like when we get to the moon. This was also during the time of the Vietnam War. So we needed a freaking win in our country. <laughs> we needed uh, something to boost morale a little bit. And I we got to a point where we're like, we can't do this. But what we can do is tell everybody that we did this. Um, like. There, there's a lot to this story that uh, people don't know about, and uh, the fact that we did it, we're the only ones that did it, and then we stopped doing it really quickly uh, after four years, and no other country has bothered because, you know, the Americans got it. No competition needed. Yeah, we don't want America's sloppy seconds. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I freaked out somebody when I said, you know, the only reason why we had a successful p- space program was because we kidnapped a bunch of Nazi scientists and we said, in return for your freedom, you're going to work for the U.S. government. And they said, no, uh, Nazis didn't send us to space. And I'm like, really? Operation Paperclip. <laughs> yeah, like- yeah. Warner von Braun, the, the head guy, rumor has it, uh, he was a, a Nazi scientist who, like, not just a guy who was going along with the nazi stuff because he had to he was a he guy made, who, he made the v2 rocket that was being you know lobbed over into the english channel in england mm-hmm. right and uh according to lore or rumor i i don't have the evidence to prove it but uh, rumor has it that this man who was a nazi scientist would uh every single day he would hang the the five least productive jews outside of his office so that's the type of people that we were employing to 
pull this off just so that we could I mean how American is it it just seems so American to create a race and then when everybody else drops out still continue on that race and then fake it <laughs> create a goalpost of our own and then fabricate our crossing the goal and then uh, and then pat ourselves on the back for the next 50 years Hey, I mean, that, that that's pretty epic. Even if there are some Russians today who are part of the space program who are alive, if let's say Trump were to release it right now, that the whole thing was staged, they'd probably just be like, oh, you pesky Americans, but you're so funny. You're <laughs> right. so funny. And Elon Musk is like playing golf on the moon. Like I'm going to Mars next, bitches. Like, right. like it's just so very strange. And, you know, going back to Von Braun, like there's this really weird quote that he said somebody somebody asked him like years after World War II, they're like, you know, how did you feel that your inventions, the V2 rocket and everything else were used as weapons of war to primarily target civilian populations? And he was like, um, my job was to make the rockets and make sure that they take off where they land is not my business. So he's like uh, Iron Man. <laughs> oh, basically, yeah, like Iron Man before the, the shrapnel to the heart. But right. like this is – when you look at what the cost of this was, it wasn't necessarily, oh, let's just do this for the sake of science. Like this is a cultural war. This is a mental war. It wasn't just about going to space. It was saying we're smarter than you. We're better than you. And right. if time we'll comes – We will fuck you up if yeah, you cross us. Yeah, we will fuck you up. We can go to the moon. What do you think that we can't do? Like this was totally a show of force. So, Remzo, do you believe that we went to the moon or not? Are you still? I, or are you? On the I fence? I'm on the fence because I mean, for everything I said, like there is there is counter. I'm not gonna say there's necessarily evidence because like this, you know, I mean, there's not always evidence for this stuff, but there are counterpoints that make sense. Like for example, sure. like I bring up the footprint. Um, Somebody asked Buzz Aldrin, who I feel bad for Buzz Aldrin because he was always getting lobbed with the questions. It's like no one asked Neil mm-hmm. Armstrong. Ask guy number That's two. That's because Neil Armstrong refused, strangely, refused to do any interviews. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird because you know Buzz Aldrin was the same one talking about pyramids and stuff on the blue side of the moon. Right. So to a certain degree, you can't trust the guy that was on Dancing of the Stars and Transformers 3 – Necessarily for act. Oh yeah, he was on Dancing of the Stars, and oh. he uh, he was also in Transformers Three, uh, Dark of Dark of the Moon. Like it was, no idea. yeah, it was really it was really weird. And it's like this guy's a bit of a bit of a tension whore. But you know, right. somebody asked him. I mean, the biggest thing that really kind of got my interest in this was the footprints, and mm-hmm. this is really weird because. They got uh, they after Buzz Aldrin answered this question, he did it so poorly. They had to get somebody else from NASA to come out and clarify it. But somebody was like, "Why is the footprint at the bottom of your spacesuit different than the footprint <laughs> left on the moon?" And he said, "Oh, it's because Neil Armstrong wore a different suit." And everyone <laughs> just kind of stared at him like, "That makes no sense." You're telling me they made individual right. suits for individual astronauts Custom. for for the first guys to walk on the moon they made custom ones tailored specifically to each of their personality types like i've seen i've seen all of the spacesuits from the mercury missions and the apollo missions like just like modern day pilots and i've got friends who are pilots in the air force or the navy you have to be within a certain height to do it and traditionally all these guys are very short 
So I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong suit. I, I've, I've been to the Space Museum. I've been to NASA in Florida. Like, all the suits are the same in terms of the mission. Like, we made different suits over time. But we for that one mission, we were not going to make, you know, suits that were similar but with different tread. Like, Aldrin right. had flat tread and um, Neil Armstrong had, you know, tread that you would typically see on a combat boot or a hiking boot. Mm-hmm. So they had to go out and actually get Armstrong's suit um, and they had to show the treads. And what do you see? The tread is the same as the photo of the footprint on the moon, which then asks the question, why is it different? And they never right. answered it. They were just said, look, the tread is the one that matches the photo. That's it. And yeah. I, I – I, it's because of situations like that where it's like, well, what am I supposed to do next? Am I supposed to say, oh, you lied, you 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 made the tread last minute, and you're fabricating evidence? That I, I could, I mean, the same stuff could be applied to everything else. So I think it's good enough just to go with the official story, but be open to contrary evidence. Sure. And I think yeah, I, that's I think, where I kind of land on it. I'm I'm on a very soft line on the middle, so I'm at like the tip of the pyramid, and I can swing either way based off, you know, what what I'm kind of shown in the moment. Sure. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about, you know, people who think that the moon landing was fake is, I if the theory isn't that these people were actors from the start, like these aren't actors, they're they're. The reason why they might be saying things that don't add up is because they're trying to cover a lie if the theory is true. They're not actors. Uh, They never were. This wasn't planned to be faked from the beginning. This was something that we were trying really hard to pull off, and then at the last minute when we realized that we couldn't, we faked it. Um, so I, I think that's some of the biggest issue because people think, you know, oh, there was 400,000 people involved in NASA, so that would be such a huge cover-up. It's not like they got all 400,000 people together for this giant in, in this giant warehouse and said, let's all work on a rocket. And then they're like, okay, 400,000 people, stay quiet. We're going to fake this. No, it was like uh, contractors and subcontractors all over the place who were trying to make an actual rocket. And then the powers that be that were at the very core of it are the only ones that had to know about this. And the reason why uh, Buzz Aldrin sounds like a kook a lot of the times is because he's not an actor. He's an astronaut who had to go out of his way, theoretically had to go out of his way to, you know, make some or pull off a lie for his entire life. Yeah. And I mean, you, you hang on to that type of stuff long enough and it starts to drive you crazy. And I mean, cart car, compartmentalization is a big thing that you have in the intelligence community and other stuff. So a few weeks ago, folks, and I'll include this episode from when I was on Dan's show talking about Project Dragonfly of Google. Um, I did I did a little bit more investigating on that, and I actually got an anonymous source to uh, speak to me. And he basically said that the guy I spoke to, Max Pappas, the, um, the public policy director and outreach coordinator for Google – I got somebody to give me an unverified statement. I'm saying it's unverified because I don't have the physical evidence he said this, but I do have it on good knowledge from a very reputable source that he was not involved in any of the planning or any of the information dissemination regarding that. So all he was told was don't talk about it. 
So assuming that that is true, and I'm trying to be very careful with my words, assuming that what that source told me (laughs) is true, and I do believe the source is true, I do believe that even though he may have known of it, he didn't know anything about it, and he was caught in a corner, therefore he freaked out. Right. And you have that all the time. People, Yeah, people assume that – I mean you look at companies like uh, Volkswagen. They had a scandal – Years and years back where they were uh, fudging with emissions and stuff to get away with something that they weren't supposed to be doing. Or you look and at like cars Enron. cars were setting or, on fire. Right. You, you look at like Enron and stuff like that. It's like, it's not like everybody, including all the janitors and all the typists and all the accountants, got together and they're like, hey, we're going to pull off this giant thing. It, nobody assumes that about those circumstances that the person on the line at Volkswagen uh, who you know installs the headlights – was also involved in a conspiracy to, you know, pull off some shady business. No, it's the it only has to be a handful of people that are involved and that are keeping quiet and everybody else just does what they're told. Definitely. So we've got only about 10 minutes left, so I kind of want to jump into a bit more of the theories. So what are some of the main sure. theories that you're kind of tracking down in the film? Um by theories, uh, I mean honestly, the the Kubrick one is kind of the most compelling as far as, you know, it being filmed. Like, I don't know that there's too much. There's there's not that much to substantiate the claim or we can't prove it. But uh, if you've seen uh, the movie, uh, what is it, Room 423 or whatever the, the number is, I don't remember. There's a documentary about Kubrick doing like concocting it and not only doing it, but uh, peppering in different seeds of like uh, Easter eggs and stuff in his movies after that, in uh, The Shining and in, um, what was the last one that he did? 2000 Space died? Odyssey. Eyes Wide Shut was the Oh, Eyes one. Wide Shut with uh, Nicole yeah. Kidman and Tom Cruise about the sex call. Right. Right. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of stuff around that, like him kind of alluding to, like wanting to tell people secret, like subtly, hey, I did this, like the, the kid in uh, – in the shining wearing the the apollo shirt and all all, all kinds of different things but uh oh, shit, you brought I just up google that. yeah you you brought up google I, I would definitely recommend that documentary and i can send you some uh some links too but uh you brought up google google quite a i don't know it's been a few years back now but uh they did this uh x prize program where uh they were doing this that's my phone it's it's jawas cuz i'm a nerd <laughs> but uh <laughs> um, they did this, uh, this thing where they were offering $30 million prize to any private company that could send a probe to, uh, to the moon to live stream it. And, uh, $30 million, all these companies were like, heck yes, we're going to do it. They were all set up to do it and ready to go. And all of a sudden the government's like, do not go anywhere near the Apollo moon landing sites because you could contaminate them. How can you contaminate that part of space? Like you have to almost you, intentionally do that. Right. Uh, exactly. Like wh- what? You're going to dust over some footprints and maybe move a flag? There's not really much there to contaminate. Also, yeah, like there's what space, gives the U.S. government yeah. rights to the moon and to say who can go where on the moon? Because it's got our flag on it, bitch. Right. Or does it? But like I mean that right. that's also really weird because you look at um, an outer space view of the Earth, and if mm-hmm. you really kind of you know 
cleared up, you see a large amount of space debris. But mm-hmm. if you really take into account how many thousands of miles of space there is between space debris, and I mean, I, I know people that work of satellites, and you do have to make sure that satellites don't collide. At the right. same time, saying that, oh, you can contaminate that specific spot of the moon, just as an outside observer, that sounds retarded. Absolutely. And so the U.S. government said, don't go near there. Don't go there because you might contaminate it. Don't show live stream, live feed that could have shut this whole theory down for good. Don't do that because you might contaminate it. And all these companies all of a sudden turned down $30 million and didn't go there. That's ridiculous. Yeah. $30 million. Also, there's – I mean there's a lot of other things like – uh, I mean, some people say, you know, well, we've got moon rocks, right? That proves that we went to the moon. First off, that could be a probe that got the moon rocks. Also, it's very well known that there are moon rocks in Antarctica. And Warner von Braun took a trip to Antarctica to recover moon rocks and uh, as meteorites and asteroids and stuff. They, they've also from found Antarctica. Yeah, I mean, they've also found it in North Africa. They found mm-hmm. it in um, in Asia. They found it in right. freaking Arizona, where I'm from. Right. And the fact that Warner von Braun himself took a team of people there to recover these <laughs> these moon rocks, supposedly to test them and make sure that you know everything checked out or whatever, uh, that happened like a couple years or the year or a couple years right before the moon landing, and then suddenly we had these moon rocks that came from the moon, right? Because people went there, and that proves it, except for the fact that Buzz Aldrin delivers, d- <laughs> takes a moon rock and uh, gives it to uh, Holland. And come 20 years later, they find out that it's actually petrified wood. So it seems almost like we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, even from that point, it's like, why would why would anyone ever believe it? Because the rocks on the moon aren't any different than the rocks on Earth. Because if you believe in like, you know, the meteor theory that killed the dinosaurs, it's proven that at some point, even before that, a meteor hit the Earth and a large chunk of the Earth shot into space. And yeah, that's well, just you that would think theory. that. Like I have a different <laughs> – like I, I like you know, I put my bias out there. I'm a young Earth sure. creationist. I believe the Earth was made in six days and God rests on the seventh. I believe that we're only around 10,000 years old. So I don't even believe in the meteor theory. I've got different thoughts on that. That's a whole different episode. But even if you believe in the meteor theory, you would have to admit that the substances and the and the minerals and stuff found on the moon are exactly the same as compounds and other or you know inorganic and organic material that you would find on Earth. Sure. You would think so, but uh, you know, it it changes as as uh, <laughs> as is convenient. Um, so yeah, the, the idea that, I don't know, all this happening under the Nixon administration, all, all of it happening with just, you know, a a couple times and suddenly we lose all the technology. Like NASA literally says they taped over the initial footage. So we can't check that. We can't check the telemetry data because why would you tape over the initial footage? Apparently they had some sort of, uh, you know, pageant or something, their kids pageant that they needed to squeeze in there. (laughs) The, the, the tapes were too expensive. They taped over them. Um, yeah, the most important accomplishment in the history of man, let's just throw it out. Uh, the, there's tons of things like the, the capsule, the, the, 
papers, the data that was uh, all, all the research and everything that was all destroyed because the company that was working on that, they're like, oh, well, we're not a museum or a warehouse to facilitate this. So we just got rid of it. Like there's so many weird things around this that make absolutely no sense that you cannot go up to a person who thinks that this isn't true and tell them that they're retarded or that they should be ashamed of themselves because you haven't looked into it, obviously. My God. So, Dan, I I want people to, you know, tune into this and come to their own opinions after watching the film. I know that you're doing an Indiegogo campaign to go ahead and uh, have people – have an opportunity to actually pitch in and take some ownership of it and get some awesome perks as well. Uh, what can you tell us about your fundraiser campaign? Sure. Yeah, we're doing a Indiegogo campaign. Um, I don't necessarily need a whole bunch of money because I'm doing this all myself, uh, but it is my first documentary. So there's probably going to be some speed bumps that need some financing that I'm not aware of, uh, some fina- uh, some financial stuff, maybe some legal stuff. Who knows? Uh, but mostly the Indiegogo campaign is a way for you to pre-order uh, your copy of the documentary, selling it as a DVD. We're all, I'm also making a soundtrack for it because I want to make this a thing for a new generation, a new uh you know, new generation of people, open-minded free thinkers to really start, you know, exploring and get the wheels turning on some of this stuff because, uh, you know, it's something that's gone to the wayside and I want to make it fun. So I'm making all the music to it. I'm making the film. I have the ability to do all that. Uh, you can get all that at, uh, Indiegogo. Uh, you can go to moonmythlegend.com forward slash support and get all the information on moonmythlegend.com as well. But yeah, there's the, the film, You can get digital DVD copies, you can get the soundtrack, you can get shirts, posters, all sorts of fun stuff. So definitely go check that out. And folks, I'll go ahead and include all the links for this in the show notes today. Dan, best of luck. I'm excited. And I know that listeners should be and probably are most likely excited too. Thank you so much and best of luck. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Folks, go ahead and check this out. This is a fun conversation, and even if you don't, even if you come from one opinion or the other, it's good to question everything. Everything should be viewed with a skeptic's lens until you feel comfortable that you know the truth. As always, I'm Remsa W. Martinez. You're listening to the Remsa Martinez Experience. We'll be back next time. Take care. Bye.